by second they arrive. July 3rd, they attack. Independence Day. The day we fight back. Rated PG-13. Only at theaters July 3rd. Now that's what I call a close encounter. Independence Day starts right now. Welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, I'm Russ. Uh, Once again, Lucas isn't joining us this week. Uh, With it being a holiday weekend, he's got family affairs to attend to. So, uh, since we're doing uh, a disaster movie, I figured uh, what two better people to spend uh, if I was caught in the midst of an alien invasion to be stuck with than uh, producer Adam and the first lady of the podcast, Jen. How is everybody doing tonight? Great. Doing well. Hope you all are doing the same. Good deal. Good deal. Um, I don't know, Adam. I think maybe we'll just shit can Lucas. What do you think? (laughs) Yep. I don't think he wants to do this with us anymore. <laughs> I think that whole baby thing was a setup not to do this anymore. He just didn't have it in his heart to tell me. So he decided to get his girlfriend pregnant and they had a baby and then they decided to do family stuff. That just like, it just keeps piling up. It's a very elaborate scheme. That's a very elaborate. It's almost like a movie <laughs> setup in itself, but that's, that's the only really thing I can figure. <laughs> I went, I went fucking deep on that one. I mean, you just went all out with it for sure. He's got that, uh, what is that, that uh, cork board with like the red arrows going like pictures of us <laughs> with question marks like how to break the news. And then like he's got a picture of his girlfriend. And then, <laughs> I don't know, it's crazy. <laughs> all right, but uh, we are doing, uh, since it's the 4th of July, uh, we're going to do Independence Day, the perfect 4th of July movie. And actually when we started this, like we figured we would do like movies that kind of have a theme, whether it's like an anniversary date or something. This is like the first movie that popped up. I told Lucas, I said, if we have a, a release date close to the 4th of July, we have to do this. So we are doing Independence Day. Uh, when was the first time you seen Independence Day, Jen? Hmm. I think 96, right? Yep, released in 96. Let's see. So I would have been in eighth grade. I think that my mom took me to see this, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I I think that she did. Oh, wow. Uh, Adam, what do you? Uh, what was your first viewing of Independence Day? I believe it was on uh, TV. I didn't get to see this one in theaters. I was old enough to go to the theaters at the time, but uh, I don't know why I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I'm probably too young i guess i don't know too scary for me <laughs> but uh, uh i i believe i watched it on tv with dad which is uh how i watched a whole bunch of movies like this so yeah uh didn't your dad introduce you to robocop when you were super young and then, not when i was super young but indeed he did uh introduce me to robocop i think i was probably like 13 or 14 something like that yeah i saw i remember they started uh promoting this movie close to the Super Bowl. And I remember the ad was basically the White House getting blown up. And I looked Mm -hmm. at my brother and I said, fuck, I got to go see this when it comes out. And it was just, I think they had like July 2nd is when this came out. And uh, yeah, just, I seen the White House exploding and I'm like, I got to be there. And then when like they started showing like the ads and the 
teaser trailers and the trailers come out. I was there the first night, the first showing of it. Because they, I think they they started it here at town at like a seven o'clock on, like the, like it was a Tuesday, and me and my buddy went and seen it the first showing we could, and it was just blown away by how awesome it was. So that was my introduction to it. You guys seem to be super impressed. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, uh, run down the tail of the tape. Uh, it released on July third, nineteen ninety six, not July second. So don't pay any attention to me. Uh, directed by Roland Emmerich, who followed this up with the epic turd Godzilla, <laughs> which uh, did you say something about? Uh, I should mention that that yeah. was his follow up. Yeah. That's his follow up. <laughs> um, this stars Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Margaret Collin, Vivica A. Fox, Randy Quaid, and the incomparable Robert Loggia. Uh, this box office was $817 million on a $75 million budget. The Rotten Tomatoes score is 67% from critics and 75% from audiences. And you can currently stream this on HBO Max. Boom. So um, I kind of went into real quick. Uh, first off, right before we started, I noticed that 96 was a pretty awesome year for movies. I think this is like the third one we've done. We've done actually three of the four top grossing movies of this year now. Oh, really? Yeah, we did Twister. The Rock was the one that started it all. And now this one. Those were all 96? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, the only one we haven't done yet is Mission Impossible. And is that, that planned that, for the future? That's probably coming up. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, we kind of touched on this on the Twister episode, but this kind of started a new trend in movie making. Where before, like, if you wanted to, a studio wanted to do a big blockbuster, they got the biggest star they could, paid them a shit ton of money to be in it. And, you know, chances are the movie's going to make money. But uh, Twister was kind of uh, the start where if you just got people that you recognized and you sold people on the premise, they came out seeing it. And I think this is probably, like, the best example of that. What do you guys think? I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that as well, because I think there's a lot of people in here that I, when I look at them by face, I don't necessarily recognize their name, but I know that they may have been in many other movies that I've seen. Mm. And I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah. I mean, basically you're not promoting Tom Cruise or Harrison right, Ford. You're right. promoting, Hey, aliens are invading planet earth and Oh, Hey, it's got the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's got Jeff right. Goldblum. We should probably go see that. Right. And, uh, speaking of Will Smith, uh, he kind of goes from being like a television star, did a couple movies. He was in Six Degrees of Separation, which is what got him this role. But uh, he was in Bad Boys. And then after this, becomes an A-list movie star. He's the biggest star in the world after this. So that was really cool. I, I mean, uh, what is that how you guys remember Will Smith before this came out? I remember Will Smith being on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because I used to watch that when I was a kid. And then Who I didn't? just... Hmm? Who didn't? Right. I mean, it was, it's classic, mm -hmm. but I just remember him being in that as a goofy teenager. And then I just remember him just blowing up on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adam, what do you, th yeah, I'm, it's pretty much the same. I remember watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I think this is the first movie that I actually saw him in. That was a, uh, you know, big blockbuster movie. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I remember I went and seen bad boys in theaters cause I'm, a little bit older, you guys. I'm showing my age here, but I've seen Bad Boys in the movie theater, too. 
Yeah, I was a little too young for that one. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get, my mom didn't give a shit. She's like, I'll go see a rated R movie. I don't care. <laughs> um, but then uh, also, uh, 96 was also a uh, pretty epic year for disaster flicks between this and then Twister. I kind yeah. of I kind of feel like with those two movies is when the, I guess, disaster movies, how we know it, kind of took off. Well, I they had like... The, Let's see, they, in a two or three year period, they had the uh, meteorite hitting Earth movies. They had uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact. They had the alien invasion movie, this one. They had the volcano movies, right. which was Volcano. Dante's Peak. peak. Now I'm trying to remember yeah, what year volcano, that was. Yeah, Volcano, Dante's but... Peak. I wasn't prepared for this. I don't remember what year that was. I wasn't prepared for you to... But I think that they were all after 96. Now, I could be wrong on a couple of those, but I just remember a plethora of disaster movies after Independence Day is kind of why I say that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a look here real quick if you two care to continue to discuss. Yeah, like, they just seem to be coming out with, like... They always seem to be competing ones, too. There was also the Sylvester Stallone one where uh, people are trapped inside of a tunnel. Daylight. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, not too bad. Let's There's see. also a bunch of crappy ones like The Core. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I've heard of that one. Uh, the Volcano movies were 97. 97. Okay. Then, uh, okay. There was the Volcano movies. Then uh, the Meteor movies was 99. Okay. But okay. I know there's been more since then. There's been like The Day After Tomorrow. Also done There's... by Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That seemed to be their wheelhouse. They did this one, and then they did that one with Cusack, too. I forget what the name of that one was. He's the limo driver. A disaster yeah. movie? Mm hmm I don't remember. I don't remember what that one is, either. Well, God damn it, guys. <laughs> People are going to go tune this off like, God, these guys <laughs> suck tonight. I think it's 2012. Yeah. <laughs> 2012, which was released in 2009. Huh, how funny. It's just called 2012? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's where, with John Cusack as a limo driver? Yeah, he's a, he's a limo driver. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, you're probably not missing much. Probably not that good. <laughs> like, seriously, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, they had, they did uh, Stargate, which was awesome. They did this one. That was awesome. Um, I kind of like The Patriot. And uh, yeah. I really can't think of anything else that they've done worthwhile. They did like mm -hmm. White House Down. They did oh, The Day After Tomorrow. Either. Yeah, White House Down was uh, the year of the president or the White House Under Siege movies. Oh, okay. Because they okay. had uh, Olympus Has Fallen a few months earlier, which is the better one of the two. Gotcha. So, uh, but yeah, like it seemed to be, yeah, that was a good point. They seemed to come out with like... Uh, this was like kind of like the the apex of the disaster movie, mm -hmm. like Twister and Independence Day kicked it off. So right. Um, so we're going to get into the categories now. You guys ready? You guys got your your notes ready? I do. Yes. No, you don't, Jen. I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> you don't have any notes ready. You're just staring at mine. All right. Um, no. I, I already have in mind what I want to say. I thought about it. I did not write it down, but I am prepared. Okay. All right, uh, you want to kick off with the categories or you want to dig into the research a little bit? Adam? We can, we can do research first. All uh, right. Sure. What do you got first? Uh, let's see here. Um, I actually read an article uh, uh, today. Um, I, I want to credit the article. It was Vanity Fair. Uh, you don't have to do that. We don't do that around here. <laughs> but uh, 
they were talking about how um, uh, they Fox didn't want um, uh, Will Smith, and uh, Roland Emmerich was uh, just like uh, fighting for Will Smith. Uh, the reason being was because um, if uh, they casted a black actor, then a worldwide box office would drop, which wasn't the case. And um, yeah, so he uh, he fought with Fox a lot about that. Um, I thought that was really interesting, too. I, uh, I read the entire article, but uh, I still don't remember who did it. Yeah, I could uh, see them like, hey, he's not an established box office star. I could see them maybe yeah. going off that premise, but... I don't know that their reason's fucking stupid. Yeah, that it was really dumb. And now we know why um, Fox is owned by Disney now. <laughs> right. Um uh, and then uh next I uh the you were you were right in saying that uh it uh premiered on July third, but there were uh some uh showings before then on July second, which uh just happens to coincide with the same day that the uh, movie started in the actual plot. Uh Touching base on that, there is a Twitter feed right now, and I think they only bring it up around this time of the year. Like somebody has a Twitter feed that basically follows the events of the movie in real time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just kind of scrolled through it, and it's like, uh, you know, like somebody. I think they describe like their television signal is starting to mess up, and then it's like when they the scene in the movie where like you start to see like that cloud of smoke. Yeah. In the Middle East, they they's like, oh shit, there's something happening, like in the the middle east and then like yeah. oh shit it's happening in like washington now and yeah it's it's kind of cool to like just check it out kind of like uh the, what they do with war of the worlds every year where they do the radio broadcast and make it seem real mm-hmm. that's, thing. that's cool yeah somebody's got to be freaked out by one of those too <laughs> there's still somebody out there like oh fuck <laughs> i'm Mildred. sure somebody's like doomsday pre- prepping and everything <laughs> Mildred, get get the spaghettios and the shotgun. We're going to the cave. <laughs> um, let's see what else do I have. Oh, uh, the uh, the squadron that Will Smith uh, is in uh, is based in the uh, MCAS El Toro, uh, which is the uh, same airbase from which the uh, flying wing bomber uh, flew out of to drop the A bomb on the Martians in the movie War of the Worlds. Oh, very cool. And it is a uh, real air base in Orange County, Orange County, California, and uh, it was uh, decommissioned in 1999. Hmm. Adam, you can call uh, it the OC. People still know what you're talking about. <laughs> we got to sound like we're hip here. Uh, I'm not very hip. I'm I'm too much of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither am I. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast at 10:30 on Saturday night. <laughs> but it's for July 4th, so it's all good. True. Um, let's see here. Uh, it became the second highest grossing uh, film of all time worldwide, second only to Jurassic Park in 1993. And it broke records for the fastest to $1 million in seven days and fastest to $2 million in 20 days. And those were both previously held by Jurassic Park and both starred Jeff Goldblum. Oh, wow. Goldblum bringing it in like the 90s stud. Yep. Actually, uh, Jeff Goldblum is like, uh, my wife has a list of uh, guys that she wishes I look like, and Jeff Goldblum's making that list. I think <laughs> well, he's 90s. like, I think he's number three. Uh, he's actually in the top three for sure. Yeah. See, I told you. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. I think, actually, I think uh, 
right before we said I do, she she like kind of just whispered under her breath. She's like, I wish you looked like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking you can right catch before it, I you, said I do. You can catch it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> He's so full of shit. Um, I had a few tidbits here. Uh, the U.S. military had lended support to the film until they found out there's nods to Area 51, and then they decided not to help them out anymore. Huh. So, a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was kind of cool. It, it, um, the film was originally supposed to be called Doomsday because Warner Brothers owned the rights to the name Independence Day. And uh, Dean Devlin and uh, Roland Emmerich fought for Fox to change it to Independence Day to get the rights to it. And then the presidential speech, the last uh, today I declare this our Independence Day, they tacked that on to sell to Fox, hey, this is how important that title is for this movie. So then two weeks later, Fox gets the rights to the name Independence Day. thought that was kind of cool. Because I can't... Cool. That movie is totally different selling it as Doomsday. Yeah. That that doesn't even sound like anything I would want to go see. Like I still would have checked it out to see the well, White House get blown up. I but mean, yeah. it, it just sounds so cheesy compared yeah. to Independence Day. Mm-hmm. It, it also ruins my favorite quote of the movie, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> which they added on to get it, which I thought was really cool. Right. That is cool. Um, the virus that Jeff Goldblum uploads into the mothership is a nod to H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Oh, nice. Okay. And also, Jeff Goldblum, uh, I think, is the catalyst for cybercrime. Mm. <laughs> he, he's a, yeah. he's like the first like computer hacker. Yeah. So. And he he hacks alien technology with a mech. So uh, mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um. The role of the president was written for Kevin Spacey, but Fox executives felt that Spacey wasn't a big enough star, which is really funny that a few months pr- prior, Kevin Spacey had won the Best Supporting Actor for uh, The Usual Suspects, and that he was also in Seven. Hmm. Seven's a great movie. But uh, Independence Day was shot in 95, and it finished shooting right I think it was right after The Usual Suspects came out. So Kevin Spacey blew up right after they had finished filming with that. So hmm. I guess looking back now, some 20, 25 years later, probably a good thing is, you know. Yeah, that, Kevin, I, I was actually yeah. going to bring that up as Kevin well. Kevin Spacey's a creep. Yes, huge creep. Um, I really couldn't find too much in terms of casting stuff outside of the Kevin Spacey subbing for Bill Pullman, but... uh. Jada Pinkett was uh, offered the role of Jasmine, but she turned it down because she was shooting The Nutty Professor. Okay. So, and fun fact, a year later, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith get married. <laughs> That's awesome. And then the last one I have is, uh, to save money, instead of using CGI special effects, uh, Supervisor Volker Engel, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, Mr. Engel, if you're listening, we all know he's probably not. Uh, he got a group of college students to help produce the effects inside of a hangar in L.A. And um, I thought this was really cool that the uh, there was over 3,000 effects shots for this that were going to cost $150,000 a shot. Oh. But uh, since they used uh, practical effects like models and like miniatures, things like that, they cut it down to $40,000 a shot. Yeah, but there you go. S- still when you think about that, that's just so much money. <laughs> 
Yeah, they. It's crazy what goes into making movies with special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. That's uh, primarily why they didn't get like a huge name star to be in it, and that's primarily All to save to, money. They're trying to cut as much of the cost down as they could. So. Right, right. Which it works like. CGI like back in '96, I think it would have looked like shit, especially like the White House scene. Yeah, doing that with CGI, that would have looked like shit. But using right. like miniatures, like that thing is perfect. Right. So mm-hmm. that's all I got, Jen. Do you have anything? Or I mean, I know you're looking at my notes, so I know you don't have anything. <gasps> no, we actually discussed this the other day when we were talking about the special effects because when we were watching a, the movie, there's a specific scene where Will Smith is with Vivica A. Fox and her son in their house. And he see, he says, all oh, the neighbors are moving again. And they think it's an earthquake. And then when he goes outside and looks at it, you can actually tell because people are standing there. And then the, I guess the angle or however you want to say it, you can actually tell that it's a miniature. And we mm-hmm. had, we had had that discussion. Yeah. So. I thought that was really neat, and if I had researched, that's what I would have. Okay. So. But we all know now that you didn't. No, I I looked up what you you told me to look up for the diff, the other sections, and that's my research. All right, you're coming with it though. Yeah. Coming coming hard in the paint. Sure. All yeah. right. All right. Well, that's all I've got for the research corner. Uh, so that leads us to the I drink your milkshake award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Which, I don't know, this was pretty tough to narrow this down to five. I think it's a pretty much a two-horse race for who wins. But yeah. um, I will just uh, rattle off five, and if you guys have any others that you want to add to this, you know okay. the drill by now. Um, my first scene is the, uh, the aliens landing and then the destruction of like all the cities, especially the white house. That's, I mean, that scene alone of the white house blowing up is probably one of the most iconic film shots of the last 25 years. I mean, for sure that to me, that sold the movie to me. Like the minute I seen that in February before this came out, I was like, I have to see that. Yep. And then I like I also don't understand why, I guess I do because, uh, I mean especially the way people have been like the last ten years. But I don't understand why people are so fucking stupid where they decide they want to like huddle under a spacecraft and have a party. <laughs> like there's yeah. people with signs and like, I would be the minute I seen an alien spacecraft. Like we live in Ohio. And, like, the closest one would have been in New York. Like, we're going to, like, Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Missouri. We're go- getting as far away from the coast as we can. Right. Um, and uh, real quick about that, uh, too, um, the, the White House was actually a five-foot uh, scale model that they used. Uh, and they shot it at, like, nine different cam- camera angles to do the explosion. That's how they get that, like, that really good-looking shot of that. Oh, that's cool. Um. I have as number two the release me scene in the lab. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Basically, it shows you like these dudes mean business. And then I kind of noticed when we were watching it the other night that Robert Loja gives uh, Whitmore that look like, just give me five minutes alone in the room with that alien and he would just take care of the whole thing. Right. <laughs> is that the guy with the long hair? No, uh, that's Brent's. That's the doctor. Robert Loja is General Gray. 
Oh, okay. The one that actually kills the the alien, right? Uh, he's one. He's the one. The ones that shoots the window out. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, number three, of course, is the President Whitmore Independence Day speech. That'd be one of mine. Uh, that speech is fucking cheesy. Oh, but of course. I get so fired up. Like I would drive a truck <laughs> through a school if, like, just if he told me to. After that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it gets you so fired up. Um, then I, I have the, uh, the air battle sequence towards the end. I, I always like dog fights and stuff in movies yeah. like that. And I just thought that was really cool. And then uh, the uh, last scene I have is the desert walk after they've defeated the aliens. The reason I like this scene is like it looks like Jeff Goldblum is trying to match Will Smith's energy. Like He's trying to mock <laughs> yeah. it. Like, Will Smith looks so cool walking you know, through the desert and then Jeff Goldblum is like kind of walking his way and then he sees Will Smith. So then he tries to walk like Will Smith. Right. I thought right. that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, what do you guys have, Jen? So I actually, and this is kind of a, I mean, maybe not everyone's favorite scenes, but I think it's really hilarious because I really like Harvey Feinstein. Firestein. Firestein, sorry. I really like Harvey Firestein and when he, they pretty much find out that everything's going to shit, and Jeff Goldblum's basically stated, you know, it's like chess when the checkmate, when it gets, the clock gets down to zero and he, you know how his voice is, it's very New York. And he says, Oh, I have to call my mother. I have to call my lawyer. Oh, screw my lawyer. And then he's like naming all these different people that he has to call. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, of course it's a DEFCON five situation, but he just strikes me like he's like that all the time regardless. Mm -hmm. And I just got a really big kick out of that scene. Yeah. So yeah. I think we might be uh Jen may have a potential uh, category nominee later on, it sounds like. Maybe. Yeah. Could be different though, you never know. Um Adam, do you have any uh, other scenes you want to add? So I was uh, actually looking at all mine while you were rattling yours off and uh you and I had the exact same scene which is awesome really <laughs> yeah all five it's like all we talk five. to each other more than once a week <laughs> right i also like the scene too when jeff goldblum and will smith when they're in that like kind of bay area on the mothership and they're trying to keep i guess the window covering down or whatnot and they yeah. finally get the virus to upload and then the window covering goes up and then they see the alien alien and even though the alien can't communicate with words or anything, they're like, oh, bye-bye. And it's like, oh, you know, you almost see, like, this, like, look on the alien's face, like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah, like, like that alien has that, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, oh. I really like that scene, too. I, yeah. I also like uh, uh, their banter while they're just there in the ship. Right. It's just such a good scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, that could be uh, another category nominee down the road. Um, the winner of this category for me, as much as I love the uh, Whitmore speech, I have to go with the destruction of like the major cities. Like that just, it's so iconic. And it's like, when you think of this movie, most people are going to think of like the white house getting blown up. Cause you'd never really seen that in a movie before. Right. Yeah. Right. And I like, agree. And like, like I said, like that sold the movie for me back in February. Like I don't give a fuck what it, the trailers look like afterward. I just want to see the White House blow up. Just <laughs> it's just so cool to see that, and I've never right. seen that before. So that's yeah. my winner. I don't know uh, if you guys agree or disagree. I I was gonna go with the speech scene, but I'm gonna go with you. 
uh, just because, yeah, it's like it, it goes to like every uh, every piece of the world, and you get to see uh, all of the different uh, different ships and all of the destruction that they're doing. It's just mm. it's so cool. Mm. Jen, uh... yeah, I I would agree with that. I I really like how they blew the White House up. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked how they, you know, destroyed different things. And I also liked at the end when they destroyed the ships, how everybody came together around the world. And Mm -hmm. they did that counteractive attack on a global basis. So I thought that was really cool, too. I did off really nicely. Mm -hmm. All right. And you know what? Bill Pullman may have a chance to win another category here at some point. So I think think he'll win something in this. Okay. So give him time. Just be patient. I think I think he'll get something. All right. So that leads us to the King Kong Ain't Got Shit On Me Award for the best line of the movie. King Kong Ain't Got Shit On Me! Um, my, uh, my nominees are uh, the, pres- the whole speech. Yeah. Uh, I can't really quote. I just call it the Today We Celebrate Our Independence Day line. But it's like the whole speech in general is just so fucking like gives you goosebumps like i was fired up watching this the other night and i don't know how many times i've seen independence day i've seen it probably at least 30 times oh my gosh well i worked at a video <laughs> store so well, like i know you know you I get know. bored on like on a tuesday and you're like oh fuck i'm gonna throw on independence day somebody just returned it right so, right there we, we go we, right we can't quote the whole thing but what you know i can i can put it in there i'll splice it in there if you want that way we can actually have it in podcast. maybe if if that's the winner we'll just do it that way Okay. Um, I have uh, Welcome to Earth from Will Smith. I thought that was a really cool, and that actually would be a serious contender to win if Bill Pullman just doesn't fucking deliver. Like that's like <laughs> that's like the Jordan's game winner in like the '96 NBA Finals. It's just like so clutch. <laughs> um, I have uh, Randy Quaid's "Hello Boys, I'm Back." <laughs> that was a good one too. I mm-hmm. like that. Um, then I also had uh, forget the fat lady that whole little line Jeff Goldblum yeah. when they're trying to get out of Dodge. Um, this uh, probably shouldn't be nominated, but the fact that uh, most people know me know I love Robert Loja, and I just <laughs> love where he says, uh, "Get on the horn, tell him how to take those sons of bitches down." I still use that. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Uh, do you have any nominees, Jen? I actually, mine is one of yours. The hello boys, I'm back. That's one of my, that's probably my favorite line from that movie. Just because I love Randy Quaid and you know, he's going to kind of help to save the day. The old crazy drunk dad crop duster is going to save the day kind of a thing. Yeah. The, it's weird. His name's Russell also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm not crazy. I have never been abducted by aliens, nor do I fly a crop duster. Adam, uh, do you have any other nominees you want to add before we award this bad boy? Uh, I only have some slightly different ones. Uh, I had the, the speech, of course, and Welcome to Earth, and Hello, Boys, I'm Back. Um, all of those are staples. But I also had uh, to expound on the uh, the fat lady uh, line. I had that whole uh, banter between... Uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum in the ship when they're talking about the fat lady, uh, that whole scene, <laughs> that that's one of my favorite lines. It's, uh, I think it's a, uh, this is our victory dance. Not until the fat lady sings. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, this is important. Uh huh. I gotcha. Fat lady. <laughs> mm. 
that that's that's so funny. Well, then I like, he also says you're obsessed with the fat lady. Yeah, I'm gonna try to leave too. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and I, it's specifically because he says it in another movie, but it's, uh oh, they're closing up on us. They're closing. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> that is not just any movie. He says that in. He says that in Jurassic no. Park. Right. So I nominated that. Uh, I know it probably won't win out to Bill Pullman's speech, but uh, I had to. I had to mention it just because it was in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, I I think we have to give this to Bill Pullman. Yeah. That, I agree. That speech is so iconic. Uh, did you know that uh, Budweiser just released a commercial where he parodies that? Really? Yeah, he's, he's in actually com- in the commercial. Yeah, really. They, it, I just cool. seen it like a couple of days ago. It's uh, basically it's him trying to recreate like he's playing like a presidential character. He's trying <laughs> nice. to get you fired up, and then he's trying to get you to drink Budweiser beer. Oh, cool. Hmm. So, yeah, just that speech alone, like, yeah, I, it has to win. Yep, I would agree. I agree. Man, the clean sweep so far. Like we're all agreeing on stuff. Maybe we should just get rid of Lucas. No. <laughs> can't get rid of lucas if uh if i'm remembering correctly just because I, I i've listened to all of them so far um, so you're one of the three <laughs> yeah well it, it's good because i edit them. <laughs> um uh i think you agree more than you disagree on everything lucas so i mean well i think going forward lucas is just going to start agreeing because he's afraid he's going to lose his job <laughs> no i would say the same i think that you guys agree a lot on all right. Things to an episodes, at least from what I've listened to, and I've listened to all of them as well. So. Two or three. All right. I'm getting to know my audience <laughs> personally now. All right. So we're in agreement. Yes. Bill Pullman wins yep. that one. Okay. Correct. Yep. All right. Uh, now our next category is the uh, Lou Brown Give Him the Heater Award for the best performance by a bit player. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Um, I have a couple nominees. Um, Brent Spiner, just because like that was like in the midst of his uh, run on Star Trek: The Next Generation. He's the crazy scientist. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of kooky, and he looks like a guy that's been cooped up in a lab for thirty years. Yeah, he really does. Um, I also nominated James Rebhorn, who plays the slimy Secretary of Defense. Yeah, he's good. I can't really see anybody else doing that. He's like just a real son of a bitch. <laughs> It's like, man, I hope he gets his comeuppance, and he does. He gets fired. Uh, and then I nominated Judd Hirsch. He's uh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum's dad. He's really – he's fucking awesome in this. Just, to, like, he's kind of being – like, he's playing a stereotype. But, I mean, he just has, like – I love when they're talking about, like, like how much shit costs. And then he goes, you don't think a hammer costs, like, $40,000, do you? I was like, damn, like, that makes, like, as a kid, when I seen it, it's like, damn, that's right. Like, there's no way a fucking hammer costs that much. So why can't we do this? So, right. Uh, do either one of you, like, Adam, do you have any nominees uh, you want to add to that? Actually, I don't. I, uh, I actually nominated Judd Hirsch, too, uh, the dad of Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Um, I mean, he's my favorite bit actor. Uh, I, I like uh, all the little quips that he adds uh, into the movie and how he, uh, even though he's talking to the president, it doesn't matter. You know, he's still himself and he still tells the mm. president how it is. <laughs> right. And then, uh, I love how he basically snaps. Like there's that scene where Jeff Goldblum is just horribly acting like 
he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that scene that that's like the one beef I've had with this movie is like that scene Jeff, is great. Jeff Goldblum is like cannot play drunk for anything. No. Like, but he's, then he snaps him out of it. As I love that. It's like okay, if you can snap him out of that, then like you've got like the fucking like you've got the power. So. Uh, Jen, do you have anybody you want to nominate for? I really like Jed Hirsch as well. I just thought he was he was really great. And like to Adam's point, he was just telling it like it it was whoever he was talking to, it didn't matter. And that but I really love Harvey Firestein. I got a kick out of him and like his very brief snippet that he was in the movie. It actually kind of reminded me of him and Mrs. Doubtfire. He was like the same character, but he's, it was he's the exact same character. Right, and, right. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess that's kind of one of the things that I enjoy about him. Mm-hmm. So. so, clean sweep. Judd Hirsch wins this, or are you going fire steam? No, I would still have to say Judd Hirsch wins this for All right. me. Damn, this is like our Titanic episode. The year Titanic swept the uh, Oscars. Just yeah. like oh, it's winning everything. <laughs> We're all in well, agreement. This is better than the Oscars, so. Like, yeah, it is. Especially like the Oscars from a few weeks ago. Woof. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a permanent category, but uh, I created a new category. Okay. Um, may see how this people dig this. Okay. Uh, I'm calling this the Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that you would replace, or the Eric Stoltz Award for uh, uh, the performance that needs recast. Okay. Okay. So basically, uh, infamously, Eric Stoltz was cast as Marty McFly. And Back to the Future. I did not know And they that. shot a big chunk of the movie with him in it. And then Spielberg or uh, Robert Zemeckis realized that like, he just isn't a fit. And they tried to get Michael J. Fox at the beginning, but he was doing a television show, which typically in the 80s, that seemed to be the big thing. Right. But then they managed to figure out a way to get Michael J. Fox to be in Back to the Future. So then they basically shit-canned Eric Stoltz Got Michael J. Fox, and the rest is history. I mean, you're, they go on to make one of the greatest movies of all time. You're talking about Eric Stoltz, the redhead. He was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's Lance, the drug dealer. He was right, in Mass. Right, right, Okay, gotcha. Went on to have a very solid career, but I mean... I can't see him as Marty McFly, no. No. I like this category. It's something different. So, if there's a performance or an actor that you think that you can cast somebody better in, so feel free. Um, I nominated uh Vivica a. Fox. I like her character, but I don't think she comes across considering like she's like rescuing people. Like to me she just didn't convey the strength that I like to see in that. So originally uh Jada Pinkett was asked to do the role of uh <clears throat> excuse me. She was considered for the role of Jasmine. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name for a second. And I think she would have been better. Like, everything Jada Pinkett has been in, she seems to have, like, this this strength right. that she conveys in a lot I, of her roles. So I would personally recast Vivica A. Fox with Jada Pinkett. I could see that. I could so, see that change for sure. Um, yeah. Now, do you guys have a nominee? Adam, I'll, I'll start with you so Jen can think on it okay. for a minute. Um, so and I didn't. Don't say Robert Loja because you can't. I, no, I was I was thinking Robert Loja, and I was like, no, I can't. I can't recast Robert Loja. Nope. Um, can't do it. Everybody in this movie's great. Um, I would agree with you. I think Jada Pinkett would have been a better fit for Jasmine. Um, 
uh, I'm probably going to agree with you on this one too. So it's going to be a sweep again, most likely. But I was thinking about it while we were talking because I I didn't uh, I didn't recast anybody at first. Um, so I was like, well, maybe the uh, the scientist guy, maybe somebody different for him. Um, and I was thinking of random actors that have played scientists. And like, mm. how weird would it be if we got uh, if we got Doc Emmett Brown here in in Independence <laughs> Day? That would have been funny. That would have been funny. <laughs> um, I did think that like you could uh, just swapping out um, if you took a James Rebhorn's character and you swapped him with James Cromwell, who I get those two confused all the time to play the same character. And then I'll blow your guys' mind. Take out Randy Quaid and replace him with Gary Busey. Oh, I could, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, I, I could see it. Or Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, like, no, I not, always, I always see Nick Nolte. No, I always Nick Nolte to me is always going to be Jack Cates in Forty Eight Hours. Okay. And he doesn't really convey enough crazy to me. Yeah. Randy or Nick Nolte is just kind of like the drunken uncle that you, yeah. you like, but he's also you can tell like, yeah. Man, there's some dark shit going on with Uncle Nick, and <laughs> I, there's a line I can't cross with him. But, you know, yeah. I could also see Daniel Stern, like his character from Home Alone. I like if you took Daniel Stern, but took him and his character from Home Alone, like that personality. I could see him replacing Randy Quaid. Okay, I can maybe see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, do you have a, a nominee, or we just... Is... I don't know who the actress is, but Jeff Goldblum's wife, I always found her kind of boring. Yeah, I, I she... thought about Margaret, or, uh, yeah, Margaret Collin, too. Is that her name? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I could maybe see... I don't. They could have cast, since it's kind of a big role, like, it's not a huge role, but it's, like, a fairly mid-sized role, like, maybe get, like, Annette Benning. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. She just, like, she kind of... Like Vivica A. Fox, you would think that her role as the president's, well, she was the chief of press or the press se- secretary, I think. You would think that she would have more of a stronger character. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, I'm scared. You know, like it, e- even when she was doing her, her press conference and whatnot, it was just very kind of, eh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yes, the president's going to speak. You know, it, it was just kind of, Eh, I don't yeah. know for me. Now I'm not gonna crap on Vivica Fox because she won me over in this movie, especially with her profession. Oh, for sure. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would, I would swap her out with Jada Pinkett. And plus, I'm a huge Jada Pinkett fan. So, yeah. All right, so we're in agreement that it would be probably Vivica A. Fox. Although I do like yeah. Margaret Collin too. That's a really good one. We'll split yeah. it. You could have replaced either one of the ladies with different actresses. Okay. Yeah. That works. All right. The last category we got is who wins the movie? So I will start with you, Jen. Who wins the movie for you? For me, it's Jeff Goldblum. Is that because you wish that I looked like him? No. It's because I love Jeff Goldblum, and I thought he played a very important... I mean, he wasn't, per se, in the movie, maybe as much as some other people, but... I feel like he was kind of the key factor into figuring out how to defeat the aliens. So, yeah. you know, without him, that wouldn't have been possible. So for me, that, that mm. wins it for sure. Okay. Adam, who wins it for you? Well, it's Jeff Goldblum. Um, he, uh, 
he had a cool run of, uh, of movies there in the 90s. And uh, I think uh, he cemented himself as a national treasure. Uh, I, you, you know that uh, the third Thor movie wouldn't be as good without him. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, Jeff Goldblum uh, in this movie, he he's sort of playing a nicer version of Ian Malcolm, I would say. Oh yeah, uh, for, I mean he's it. I I was getting ready to chime in. You go ahead and all. Okay, uh, but I think that uh, his his character in this movie um, is all of us. Like, why why are you doing that? Why are we doing? are doing anything we need to do it this way and this is the smartest way to do things Mm -hmm. and he's he's pretty much the voice of reason throughout all of it Mm -hmm. and uh he's the uh like jen said he's the uh reason that we beat the aliens in the end so now i i I like jeff goldblum in this but jeff goldblum is one of those actors he's kind of crafted a certain persona in his movies he just is kind of like a bundle of nervous energy yeah and I, like you said, you, it's him and Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park are the same character, but this one's the nicer version. I prefer Ian Malcolm over David in this, so that's why I can't give it to Jeff Goldblum. He's done this character before, but he did it better a few years prior. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, my winner is Will Smith. Okay. Um, and I, I give it to Will Smith because, uh, this really, this movie is probably the perfect showcase, and it's like introduced him to the world. Like, like Will Smith is one of those, those guys. Like, there's certain movies of his that I don't like, but Will Smith has a charisma that just comes through on the screen. Like, I don't know many people that hate Will Smith. You may not like some of the movies he's done. I mean, trust me, he's got plenty that I don't care for, but he has just just this charisma where you can't help but root for him. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. I would agree with that. And like I think this is the showcase to the world like this guy's going to be something big and he stars in the biggest movie of 96 and it you said it was the second biggest movie of all time for a little while. Yeah. And then he turns around the following year and follows this up with Men in Black. That's a great movie. I like that movie a lot. So I I think just like this was like we got he became like one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in the world for like a huge period of time in the late nineties. And he kind of yeah. got derailed after like wild, wild west, but <laughs> yeah, that movie sucks. But yeah, I mean, I, I give it to him just because he went from being a television star who starred in a, like a couple of successful movies mm-hmm. to becoming like the top dog in Hollywood. So I give it to him. Yeah. So, since I made a valid point, Will Smith wins. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, he's. I think he's really great in it. Yeah. I, I, think, I like Jeff Goldblum, uh, but, I, I mean, I, like I said, I have to give it to Will Smith. Or see, or Robert Loggia. See, is, that the, I, is that the old general? Yeah, That's Robert Loggia's the old, guy. The old okay. guy. Okay, He's the one I that thought. says, all right, get on the horn and tell him how to take okay, those sons of gotcha. bitches down. It's fucking perfect. I feel he just, like he plays a similar role in every movie too. He's like this gruff, like father type figure. Like I said, like I wish that a deleted scene was when that uh, alien had a hold of Brent Spiner with his tentacles. That Robert Loja, they just like, all right, go get him. And then like you just see Robert Loja just 
punching the shit out of that alien. <laughs> I could I could totally see that. Even maybe kisses his fist like a wrestler and like really cocks back and knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Um, so that is going to wrap up Independence Day. Do either one of you have anything you want to add to the movie before we wrap the, like we're done for the night? Nothing that I can think of. I Adam, enjoyed I watching it. Oh, I, actually, I did think of one thing. Um, I know when we sat down and watched this the other night, I'd, I know it was you know kind of later in the evening, and I'm like, man, I have to work tomorrow. How am I going to you know get through this, what is it, two hours and 20 five minutes or whatever that it is. Yeah. I think that was like, uh, I told you like, Oh, it's a, it's around two hours. And then like, we looked like, fuck, it's two hours and 23 minutes. Yeah. It's like that 23 minutes was like the key, like, Oh God, this is a long movie type thing. But it's one of those movies that when you sit down and you start watching it, you, you can't stop watching it. It's like, no matter what you're doing, you just, even though you might've seen it 10, 15 in your case, Russ, 30 times, as you said, you just get completely immersed in it and you just have to watch it from beginning to end. So that's something that I really like about it as well. Oh yeah. It's like, it's one of those movies that like there's certain sequences in this movie that like, if I'm like, like, I think we've, I've talked, talked about it before. Like the best scene in the movie is I've always compared it to if you've got someplace you've got to be, and you're waiting, like, say, if you and I have dinner plans and mm-hmm. I'm waiting for you to finish up and I'm watching mm-hmm. TV and I come across that, there's a chance we're going to be late because, like, okay, I have to wait for this scene to end. <laughs> right. And then, like, right. oh, well, fuck, here's something else. That we... Right. That's kind of what I call the best scene in the movie. And that's this just has a sequence of, like, great scenes. And right, it's just, right. It's a perfect summer blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it is. Yep. Yep. Adam, do you have anything you want to add to independence day before we go i think uh i think i just want to say that this is one of the best uh disaster movies of all time if not the best i don't know um i like a lot of disaster movies but um that's something we could do real quick uh top five disaster movies because i think alien invasions would be a top five yeah or uh, an alien invasion would be a disaster movie because like trust me like if you're getting married on that day you see a huge spacecraft over where you're getting married. Right. That's a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Man, on my wedding day, really, this is what's going to happen? What a disaster. I think Alanis Morissette and that song where she, uh, ironic, that was the original song. Like, you know, where it says, uh, rain on your wedding day. It was mm-hmm. like an alien yeah. ship on my wedding day. And then like, she's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> Had to change it up a little bit. Um, disaster movies for me. I would do the uh, Poseidon Adventure, the one from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, Independence Day. This is in no particular order. Uh, Twister. Yep. Um, Armageddon, because Armageddon's a bad movie, but I'll fucking, I'll ride with that movie till the day I die. It's fucking awesome. Factually, like totally like scientifically incorrect, but Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck on a meteorite. Right. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Uh, number five, um, I really want to like Deep Impact, but Deep Impact is like Armageddon's the fun disaster movie and Deep Impact's the really depressing one. It's like, fuck, yeah. that can really happen. Like, I don't want to watch this again. Um, Air, uh, Airport, that one's really good too. Or yeah. no, The Towering Inferno. That yeah. one's really good. I'll bump the Airport, The Towering Inferno would be in my top five. Towering Inferno is better, yeah. 
I don't think I've seen Towering Inferno. It's about a huge high-rise on fire. It's got basically in the 70s, they just loaded up disaster movies with like all these A-list stars like Steve McQueen's in the Towering Inferno. Paul Newman, I think, is in that, which is like the epitome of cool. Um, I would like to add uh, the day the not the not the new one, mind you, but the original uh, the day the earth stood still. I don't know why. I just love that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Spielberg's War of the Worlds is actually really good, too. Yeah, there's some things I some things I don't like about it, but I, I really enjoy that for the most part. Do you have anything you want to add Do to the? Can you count like where people turn into like zombies from a virus? That's that would not... be called a zombie movie. Oh, okay. well, yeah. t- well, that to me that's kind of a disaster. I mean, it's it is a disaster. You are right, but I could name like thirty of those. That's a genre. It's anyhow, zombie movies. So disaster movies for me, I re- I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really like the day after tomorrow. I I like that movie a lot. It's it's something. It's kind of a different twist, I guess, on a disaster movie. Um, Independence Day, definitely Twister. I really like Volcano. And then there's another one that has, uh, what's the one with the English guy? Dang it. It's, it's like the earth is the climate change and there's like globe geostorm. That's what it's called. With Gerard Butler. Yeah. I actually like that movie. (laughs) It's a disaster movie, right? I guess so. Gerard Butler actually did Greenland, which is actually really good. You should check that out. Greenland? It's on HBO Max. Okay. You don't like Geostorm, I take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like it. I mean, it was it was kind of kitschy, but I Gerard's enjoyed it. Gerard's my dude, but I don't really care I, for that I one. I enjoyed it. And, and the only reason I don't like The Day of the Earth, or not The Day of the Earth, uh, The uh, Day After Tomorrow, is uh, I actually was talking uh, to Russ about this and, and Lucas the other day, was because I could not suspend my disbelief uh, because the science was just so bad. Like you it can, was. You can, <laughs> you can suspend your disbelief with like Twister, but with right. the day or day after tomorrow, like if it's cold enough for the guy to get out of the helicopter and freeze to death instantly, right? Being in a room with a little fire is right. not going to save your life. Right. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that I like so much about it is that it was so inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so out there. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up, put a pretty bow on it. Uh, This is Independence Day. Thank you, Adam, for uh, joining us. And Jen, thank you for hopping on here. I was totally surprised by how much you loved Independence Day and you wanted to be a part of this. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Um, So uh, real quick, uh, you know the drill. Uh, Check us out on wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're on social media, the Couch Potato Podcast, uh, Spotify, or not Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify, but uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Lucas is supposed to be doing TikTok, but he's been shitting the bed on that. <laughs> You're uh, fired. Yeah. So unless he crafts like an Independence Day type scene, we might just stay off TikTok for a while. Um, but, uh, we will be back next Monday with, uh, we're venturing back into the comic book realm. We're doing, in my opinion, the best comic book movie of all time. Uh, we're doing the dark Knight. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Adam, you're going to be a part of that one, aren't you? Yes. Okay, good. Very good. And maybe Lucas will be back. Maybe he won't. Maybe something else has happened. I don't know. (laughs) 
Another family thing. Yeah, he's got another kid. <laughs> he just had Surprise. another just had another baby. Like, hey, I can't do it this week, guys. Uh, I I just had another baby. <laughs> so I've got two now. Like, the hell. All right. So uh, until next Monday, we will talk at you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good morning. In less than an hour. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day.